try to make it easier for them to work with me. And I did that in a couple of ways. When I had marketing materials for my company, I would make them so that they reflected his company and he had better advantages when he was talking to clients and prospects in the marketplace. So I would create marketing materials. Um, we would make it really easy for him to submit a client with a like a, a login portal or basically like a sign up portal for the client. And as we've grown, it's just you update the form, you make sure all the information that we need is is on there just to make sure it's as automated and as I would say like less document intensive as possible on the front end. So it's as easy as I can make it, but everything, like I said, has really just been grassroots. It's been dealing with people one at a time and um, making their job easier to send me the business. So. Hey guys, welcome back to the Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs podcast. I am your host, David Ubita. In episode 29, uh, we chat with Mikhail Jessen, CEO of National Corporate Credit. I really enjoyed picking Mikhail's 28-year-old brain during this episode. Now, don't let his age fool you guys. National Corporate Credit has worked with and funded over 1,000 businesses in the last three years alone. That's right. So two things really stood out to me from this episode. Number one, Mikhail's old school approach to building relationships and his daily routine that he follows religiously to prepare him for each and every day. We'll visit with Mikhail right after these brief messages. If you are a small to mid-sized accounting firm and you are dissatisfied with your current IT security network's response time, visit www.ins-network.com today. Innovative Network Solutions prides itself on providing its clients worry-free, rapid response and resolution times, usually within one hour or less. Visit www.ins-network.com today. Innovative Network Solutions resolution and response times puts them in the top 3% of IT support companies nationwide. Schedule a free IT network security consultation for your business today by mentioning the Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs podcast at www.ins-network.com. Hey, welcome back to the Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs podcast. Uh, my name is David Ubita, your host. A really special guest uh, with us today, uh, the one and only Mikhail Jessen, CEO of National Corporate Credit. Mikhail, how are you? I'm good, David. It's good to be here. Welcome back from your uh, vacation. Uh, you traded in the sand for snow, I see. <laughs> yeah, about a week in Mexico, my business partner's sister got married, and he's got a pretty big family. There's probably been three or four different weddings in Mexico the last three or four years. So it's been an annual trip, but it's been fun, man. It's good to be home, though. Did you come back home married yourself? No, you know, surprisingly, as these last couple of years have gone by, I'm the uh, I'm I'm still the only single guy left, I've, and uh, all my buddies are married and starting to have kids now. So, so you're you're holding down the fort, holding down the fort, man. I'm still young. I'm only 28. Yeah, that's still very very young. That's awesome. That's awesome. So. I'm so honored to have you here on the podcast because at 28, you've got a plethora of knowledge um, and we're always looking to uh, provide value, direction, uh, life hacks, shortcuts for our listeners. And I know one of the things that has helped you really grow your business, one of the strategies is uh, affiliate marketing uh, and creating those relationships. But before we dive into that, 
Uh, could you tell our audience a little bit about your business, the problem that you solve for folks? And um, this way, we can all be on the same page and then dive into the strategy I just mentioned. Yeah, not a problem. So uh, I run a company with a really good friend of mine, one of my best friends from, from childhood. We both co-founded a company called National Corporate Credit, and we raise capital for entrepreneurs who are starting, growing, launching a new business. Uh, we raise money for people in different industries, such as doctors, accountants, attorneys, uh, dentists, and even real estate investors. Um, we really provide the need that as people are growing, the larger their business grows, the more money that they'll need just to, just like everyday things. Drew and I are a business owner. You understand you got to make payroll. You got to pay for office supplies. Um, you require cash flow and you require working capital to sustain the growth of a growing business. So um, we can come in in every different angle from the startup side to the cash flow side of managing and growing an existing business. We really provide the need of being the expert company that can come on, provide the money that a client is looking for, so that way they don't have to worry about sourcing that for themselves. Fantastic. Walk us through, let's say, you mentioned that there's a couple of types of businesses that you, that you can um, find or, or raise capital for. You said startups, you have existing businesses, and, and you know all businesses will find themselves in a different season uh, within their existence. So let's talk about a, a startup, for example. What is it that you would need to see uh, to be able to help a startup get off the ground and raise capital? It's a great question. So as a startup, in order to qualify, the several items we would need to see is that the borrower or somebody that's on board with the business has good credit. When I say good credit, uh, credit and the credit scoring model has fluctuated a bit over the last couple of years. Um, 700 used to be a good score, and now it's about a 730, 740. I want to see a 720 or higher credit score. If you have that type of credit score, I can at least begin to source some options that are available for any startup business. It doesn't matter what the industry is. And that's usually what opens the door to start with. Got it. Got it. So the initial step or the initial requirement would be to have decent credit. Now, let's say a person doesn't have um, great credit, but then you mentioned someone on their team, so they could get a credit partner if that's an option for them. They could, yeah, and that, that's a good term for it. Credit partner, co-signer, somebody that is willing to work with them uh, in the business or at least just be a silent partner, but they can provide the credit. Uh, we can work with somebody who they can bring to the table like that, yes. Okay, fantastic, fantastic. Now, how about a company that's already been in existence, you know, they're making sales, they've got maybe three or four years, five years under their belt, and are looking to expand, uh, what are some of the uh, requirements that you would be looking for uh, for a business like that? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question, too. So as a business grows, they have more options, considering that they're growing in a healthy way and they're not disorganized. So if they have income, they have revenue, and they can show that on the books, it gives us the ability to not only raise um, more money for them, but also at better rates, more competitive terms. Usually as a startup, most lenders, whether that's public or private, are going to look at them like a high risk. And I understand that. I mean, if you're a, a brand new company, everything you have is, is based on your plan or a projection of what you think you're going to do. And so as a growing business, you actually have a track record. 
So it looks a lot more favorable in your behalf to have that track record. We're able to raise more money for you at better rates, at better terms. Usually a startup is limited to about a quarter million or less. And if you're an existing business with some of the financing options that we offer, uh, it usually goes up to about a half a million dollars. How long does it take on average? Uh, perhaps every file is different, right? But on average, how long would it take for a business, they contact you and uh, from filling out the application to funding, uh, getting funded, uh, what is, what's the turnaround time? Turnaround time to learn what you qualify for is 24 hours. If what you qualify for is uh, an offer that the client wants to move forward with, the funding times for a startup is about seven to 10 business days. And for an existing business that is more qualified, about five to seven business days. Wow, amazing. That's amazing. Um, in addition to the credit piece, what, what are some other things that, that someone might need? Let's say a listener, because we have you know, thousands uh, of, of listeners that are loyal. We call them life hackers uh, sure. within, our, within our network here, um, and they are phenomenal. Uh, what are some other things that they might need to take into consideration um, so that they would feel more inspired and say, hey, let's go ahead and reach out to, to Mikhail and his team? Well, that's a good question. So everything that we do is success-based. Um, the reason I'm in this business is because I was also somebody who required capital for my previous business before I was in this. And my previous vocation, which it still is today, was, was real estate investing. I graduated high school in 2008. So this was like a fork in the road time. If you've ever read the book by Malcolm Gladwell called Outliers, he talks about people born in a period of time where there was a shift a shift in technology, a shift in the way that we look at the world, a shift in economic balance. And 2008 was definitely one of those times. Um, my partner and I basically started launching a business within the real estate industry, buying, selling, renting property. And that's such a, that's such a capital intensive business that you, you can't scale that type of business unless you have a lot of money. So as we started raising money, we're like, okay, we got pretty good at it and realized that we're, we're in the wrong business. It's 2010, 2011. Um, banks were scared and didn't know who to lend money to, and businesses didn't even know where to get money. And so we started to piece the, more like piece the puzzle together bringing lenders, bringing borrowers together, and we launched uh, our business by simply providing capital. But the way that we've always operated from the beginning was with the proposition that if we don't raise money for you, we don't get paid. And that's how we've always believed we should operate. Um, we always believe that people should operate like that with us. And so we've always stuck to um, that proposition ourselves. So if if somebody is looking to raise money for their business, number one thing I'll say is don't pay upfront fees. Make sure that what you're getting delivered to you is from somebody who you can connect with, who you trust, and it's not just somebody who's selling you a service, but it's actually like an advisor to you. We take a much more like a white glove approach to working with our clients, and it's all success-based. So if you don't get the funds that you're looking for at the terms that we promised you before you got started with us, um, there's no fee due to the client. So we, we stick by that today. Fantastic. Um, shifting gears here, uh, prior to this conversation, uh, you had mentioned that over the past two and a half years, your business has been able to uh, fund 
uh, what, a couple thousand clients, and that's just amazing. So my question to you, as we've, as we've previously discussed, and I'd love to include the audience uh, in this, uh, with this particular topic, is the whole concept of affiliate marketing and the role that affiliate marketing has played in helping you grow your business and meet the needs of so many businesses around the country. So first and foremost, I'm super happy for you and your business to be able to serve you know, that many clients in such a short time. Uh, the other piece is, can you give us some insight on how and why people are, are sending you so much business as a result of this affiliate marketing approach? Yeah, I think it's an organic progression. Since I've gotten started, it's, uh, I've taken a very grassroots organic approach to building our affiliate database. And I think affiliate marketing is sometimes like a confusing concept. It's like confused with internet marketing, affiliate marketing, send them a link and they'll send you a client. Honestly, it's building relationships one person at a time over a long-term process. And so if you do this one day at a time over one, two, three, four, five years, you build a database, and, and we have several hundred individuals who some of them send us 10, 15, 20 clients a month. Some of them send us one or two a month, and some don't send them maybe once a quarter. It, whatever it is, we have a large enough of a database now that um, we get a consistent flow of our business. We, we don't ever really pay for online advertising. Everything is very organic, and it's really built from the foundation of the relationship. And I think that, you know, over to do a lot of business with somebody, you know, you can use technology. I think technology is great. Uh, it's very important for us to stay organized through technology, to streamline things. There's only so much the human brain can, can possibly do. And I think human error is only, um, is, is one of the, the hardest things to work with in business is when you get so big, you have so much human error left and right. And so technology helps kind of buffer that, that out of the process. But, um, it's the relationship, man. It's the relationship. There's nothing that can take away the value of that human touch. And uh, that's also something that you can't replicate. So that's how we built it. What? Okay, so let, let's, let's dial this in even further. And we know the benefit of partnering with great people uh, who trust you and your product and service and are willing to refer business to you. Um, what would you say to someone who is looking at creating an affiliate program within their organization? What are some steps that you would suggest for them to take uh, to make that whole affiliate marketing approach uh, work for them, in a sense? Make it easy for people to work with you. And that's... Okay. It's, it's sometimes easier said than done, and it's a consistently, it's a gradually changing process because as, as markets change, as technologies change, as, as products change, you're constantly changing. And, and it's, it's funny, I was just talking to um, a friend of mine last night. It's like, you know, being an entrepreneur is 50% working within the confines of a, a very defined box, right? You have created your system, you've created the box. And you have your pieces, and it's like, it's like playing a game, right? You play a game, you know the rules, you know how to put points on the board, you know how to win. And you know when sometimes when you step out of bounds, too. Well, the other half of this is also playing in the dark. 
because you're constantly having to change so that as markets change and as trends change, you know, you're not getting caught behind because when, when that change happens, if you haven't been ahead of that curve, well, now you're caught where your game doesn't, doesn't now produce the same result that it did. And now you're stuck having to figure it out in panic mode. And uh, we've always stayed ahead of the curve. Um, you know, knock on wood, I think uh, we keep the right perspective and always stay ahead of the curve. And we're always launching something new or, or improving what we have. But I think just to answer your question, make it easy for somebody to do business with you. Give them the tools. Um, a common adage in, in marketing nowadays is, is deliver as much value as possible. Give people the content. You know, I, I, uh, I studied with a really successful trader from Chicago years ago, and he's like, I could publish... I could publish all of my trading rules in the newspaper and I still guarantee you that 99% of the people still wouldn't follow it because it's the personal discipline of the individual to apply it and consistently follow up day in and day out. So I could tell you everything to do, but I can only suggest that to you. You still have to want to do it for yourself. Yeah. That's good stuff. I like it. I like it a lot. So, you started. How many companies have um, have you started before uh, NCC came to came to play? That have actually made money, or <laughs> I, well, yeah, I mean any, anything. I mean, t- walk us through a little bit of your journey at 28. You mentioned after high school, um, you already started working you know, on businesses, and I'm always fascinated by people's stories. Yeah, so I have a, I have a unique uh, upbringing. My mother owned a dance studio for 30 years, and um, since I was geez, as young as I can remember, I'd be in the office answering phone calls from customers, uh, taking orders from customers. I was like spending half of my time working with her customers and clients, and the other half was like taking tap dance classes. So I was always on stage, but I was always around people, um, and I think I got my sense of creativity. I don't think, I definitely know I got my sense of creativity from my mother's side and, and just the whole business and her passion and what she was involved in. Um, and from there, you know, I played sports as a kid. I grew up and um, was always just trying to find my, my part in the world and my place. And, and I, I moved around a little bit. I went to a couple different schools and, and never really fit in with kids. But when I got into business, it was the one thing that reminded me where I could apply my own creativity, um, be who I wanted to be. And it was almost like, you know, not the fake until you make it, but, you know, develop the identity, develop the character of who you want to be in this world. Um, my first vocation was in real estate. And so I flipped my first house at 18 years old. I was lucky enough to uh, have a couple mentors who were millionaires at a really young age. Uh, one of them I still work with today as, as like, uh, he's like a, kind of like a, a father figure and, and really just a good friend and a mentor to me. And real estate was a, um, a good industry to learn from. I learned a lot about understanding money, uh, how to understand managing my time and my business and how to be organized. And I constantly found that trends were changing ahead of me all the time. So I would, I would have an understanding of uh, like a, a certain way to flip a house or a certain way to find a house. And as soon as I started to really understand the process, well, then it would change. I remember back in the day, it was like short sales were the way to make money. Well, as soon as I started to understand how to acquire a short sale, negotiate with the bank and sell the house, that whole model changed. And so then it was, okay, now we got to go to the auction and buy the house directly. And as soon as I got on that, I bought five or six or seven different properties. Well, then that started getting crowded. And so there was too many people there bidding up the price of the property. 
Um, but then I got into the finance business and I worked with a few partners uh, in a different company early on. I learned a lot from them and uh, they were older than me. They were kind of mentors as well. And we built a really successful company. And then I ended up venturing out on my own and building another really successful company uh, where we do several million dollars a year in sales. We got about 20 employees here now. And, um, you know, when I say successful, I think that that is that's a subjective definition. I think that that's defined differently for everybody. And that definition has certainly changed for me over the years. I think that success for me now is really, I can do what I want, how I want to do it every single day. And you know what, that success might change tomorrow. I might not be happy with what I'm doing tomorrow, but um, I get to wake up, I get to have the choice to do what I want. Um, and that's really to consistently apply myself and to challenge myself creatively, creativity, creativity wise. And uh, compared to before, where when I was young, it was like, hey, you didn't have any money. I just wanted to make a lot of money. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think uh, when you don't have any money, that's the first journey you have to start to conquer. But as you, as you grow and you become more profitable, you know, your definition of success changes. And uh, it's definitely the, the relationship aspect of who I'm working with and, and uh, just the, the whole journey and the challenge and developing myself as I grow. That's I'd say that's really at the forefront of my vision. So it's been fun, man. And, and you know what? I might not be in this business forever. It's going to continuously change. We're going to be, uh, we're definitely launching some new business development products now. Uh, as we've grown, we've learned that a lot of what we've learned inside of our office can be taught and applied and, and, uh, and mentored to um, other companies as well. And we've had a lot of our clients approach us for that guidance and for that assistance and, and whether it's branding services or whether it's uh, marketing services or whether it's just, you know, guidance on how to, how to run the company after we raised, you know, half a million dollars for them. It's uh, you start to see where your niche is, but it's fun, man. I enjoy it. And I probably went a little long answering your question, but I felt like it was, it was a needed answer. No, I totally, I totally agree with what, what you're bringing to the table. Um, what is fascinating to me is that at 28 years old, you have this type of insight. You got to remember, though, I'm 10 years in the game. So I have, I'm, I'm past 20,000 hours. And, I mean, I get it. I, I receive that. I appreciate that as a compliment. But, like, we put the time in, man. And uh, it's not easy. People see, people see the insight and the success and the, the polished uh, appearance. But what they don't see is that, you know, you struggle. You struggle with um, learning how to run a business, but more so it's not even about running and building a business. It's learning how to understand yourself and your emotions. It's like, it's not mastering success. It's mastering your emotions. Cause if you can master your emotions then you can have the wherewithal to stay present, to stay put and stay in the pocket when things are all moving around you. And it's easy to freak out sometimes, but you know, you have the wherewithal and the discipline to stay put. And then when the dust settles, well, okay, you're still here and uh, you make better decisions. But yeah, man, 10,000, 10,000 hours, 20,000 hours. Um, I feel like I'm now at a point in my life where I'm becoming intentional. Whereas before I was really winging it and we did pretty good winging it, but we're, we're now becoming intentional or we're getting really clear on what we want. And uh, I think that's, that also comes with maturity. Walk me through some of this. I mean, this is this is even more uh, more gold that you're throwing our way here, and I'm soaking it all up. Uh, walk us through that whole conversation about mastering your emotions, because uh, there is so much truth to what you've just said. 
and insight that I think that it warrants just uh, us taking a few minutes to just examine this whole this whole concept even further. Uh, as you know, business, especially as entrepreneurs, it's not the cakewalk that most people think. Regardless of the cars, you know, or the homes, or, or the watches, or, or the quote-unquote luxury lifestyle that you know many entrepreneurs project on their Facebook pages and Instagrams and stuff, um, and you know they've earned it. <laughs> But it's 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 so fascinating to me that you were honest enough to say, you know what, it's the emo- mastering my emotions. W- walk us through that a little bit, because that is something that is that is what we call a silent conversation that normally happens, uh, you know, smoking a cigar, maybe having drinks with with friends. It's usually in a closed, you know, more intimate environment where we actually, as men can honestly just talk about that stuff but on this podcast on this episode let's just give us some insight on that like how did you what did you do what were some steps that you took to help you master your emotions well i think i'm still learning how to master my emotions um what i've recognized and become aware of is that we're all products of our conditioning so for the first seven eight years I'm running primarily from my ego. My ego wants to be this certain character and my ego wants to dominate and achieve and conquer. And it's, it's all primitive. It's, it's basically coming from the survival personality, but that's, that's basically living off stress hormones. And if you live off of that for so long, you end up draining your adrenals and you're like, okay, I can't, I can't keep trying to project this person or this personality or this, this projected ego. You know, it's your conditioning is like the ceiling, right? You can only climb so high until you're required to kind of shave off that that projected ego and become who you're really supposed to be. And I think for my, the next level of my life is just understanding why I am the way that I am or why I feel the way that I feel. I've, um, I've dedicated a lot of the last couple of years of my life to studying guys like Dr. Joe Dispenza, um, Dr. David Hawkins from Power Versus Force. And, um, you know, man, I grew up in as much as like I might, it sounds like I grew up in like a successful household and entrepreneurs. I grew up in a really dysfunctional home, man. Like uh, I got a lot of addictions in my family that I grew up around, a lot of dysfunction and disorganization. So as I was growing up in chaos, that was normal to me. So I became conditioned and kind of emotionally addicted to everything being chaotic. But I was always able to outproduce my problems. So even though I might be disorganized or uh, emotionally just distraught, I could always put up numbers. That was never an issue for me. But as I've gotten older, it was something that I had to, I had to surrender that. And a lot of times, man, it's not easy to face the emotions that you stuff, but you got to let go of them in order for you to be able to enjoy healthy relationships or just sometimes when it gets that bad, it's just to be able to communicate. So I've dedicated a lot of my time to studying the work of those, um, those individuals. I mean, Hawkins is probably one of the most prolific writers on consciousness and and he's got so many parallels with dispenza um i'm just i'm rereading breaking the habit of being yourself right now but i think that has caused majority of my of the surrender of my emotional states the rewiring of the way that i look at the world because i think that you see how you feel and how you feel all stems from your conditioning one one thing i understood the more that i studied hawkins was that you are not your thoughts and you are not your feelings, that all of that stems from conditioning. 
And so whenever we get caught up, right, like uh, you feel like somebody does you wrong or you get pissed off that this guy cut you off in the, in the highway, your mind's racing with all these thoughts. And instead of getting caught up in the thoughts, try to address the emotion. Like what's the feeling that I'm feeling? Because one feeling will produce a million thoughts and you can go nuts trying to chase all those thoughts. And um, the reason why you have most of this conditioning is because as a child, you have a level of innocence, right? It's the, it's the innocence of the child that, that is naive, that believes in the, um, the goodwill of people. And sometimes, you know, we don't always have good people around us. So we tend to emulate them or believe what they tell us. You know, they might tell you you're not good enough or you're not pretty. And you believe that because you were a kid. But as an, as an adult, you start carrying this with you. And then you don't realize that it kind of limits your it's, it's carrying a weight on your self-esteem. And so it's like, I had to transition from, I had a lot of confidence, but I didn't feel good about myself. And so I'm like, okay, do I want to have confidence or do I really want to understand the causes of these feelings that I have so that I can live with self-esteem? Because it's not a matter of like what anybody else thinks at that point. It's, do I feel good about myself? And if that's the case, then I know that all that I care about, and we go back to the success definition, is that I gave it my best today. I don't need the accolades from anybody else. All I need to know is that I gave up, or I, I got up today, and I gave it everything I could. You know, I, I left it all out on that treadmill when I busted out seven miles last night. I didn't give up before I, you know, made sure all that fuel in the tank was gone. So, um, yeah, man, this is an interesting world we live in, but I think, uh, I'm on to something with this work with, with consciousness and, and uh, Hawkins and Dispenza have some great work. I just finished walk, reading David Hawkins' book, uh, Letting Go and Transcending the Levels of Consciousness. And it's, um, it's, an, it's advanced for sure. His whole dialogue is very advanced, but it's, it's, it's worth understanding. It, it's worth dedicating your life to understanding this. Because these are books that you don't just read, man. It's books that you integrate into your life. And, uh, not everybody's as emotionally extreme as I was, but I required this, man. And uh, I've always been passionate and to a level maybe almost obsessed with uh, themes in my life and things that I wanted to achieve and, and personalities that I wanted to become and character traits I wanted to embody. So um, it's been a fun ride, but that's, that's kind of, that's my take on your question. I love it. I love it. Well, Mikhail Jessen, thank you so much for taking the time to share your insight. Um, I am blown away by the content and what you've shared here today. Uh, how can our audience get a hold of you if they want to learn more about um, your funding services uh, over at uh, National Corporate Credit? Yep, they can go to nationalcorporatecredit.com. It's all one word, nationalcorporatecredit.com. And they can go on there. They can submit their information if they want to talk to one of our team members or if they want to apply for funding directly, they can do so right on the homepage. But David, I appreciate it, man. You're a good dude and you're a local guy just like me. It's really good connecting with you and I'm, I'm grateful that you had me on the call today. Kyle Justin, again, thank you so much for joining us here today on the podcast, uh, the Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs podcast. Thanks again. Life Hackers. Hey, just wanted to take a quick message to thank you for your continued support. Whether this is your first time with us or you've been with us on many occasions, I want to personally thank you because we do this to support entrepreneurs just like you. Hey guys, please take 60 seconds today to visit iTunes and subscribe to the podcast. This will help us grow organically and inspire more entrepreneurs just like you. 
Now, while you're there, please leave us a review and I promise to read each and every comment and apply your suggestions as we continue to improve our show. Also, if you like free stuff, then make sure to like our official Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs fan page for upcoming guest information and free giveaways. Guys, this is David Ubita, your host of the Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs podcast. Until next time, continue to grind, grow, and give. If you are a small to mid-sized accounting firm and you are dissatisfied with your current IT security network's response time, visit www.ins-network.com today. Innovative Network Solutions prides itself on providing its clients worry-free, rapid response and resolution times, usually within one hour or less. Visit www.ins-network.com today. Innovative Network Solutions resolution and response times puts them in the top 3% of IT support companies nationwide. Schedule a free IT network security consultation for your business today by mentioning the Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs podcast at www.ins-network.com.